So uh, definitely not a Porsche spokesperson. Uh, Wayne Rainey's biggest fan. And Uncle D's least favorite writer, Kevin Schwantz. If you could describe this dinner we just had in one word, what would it be? Lunch. Only because only only because you said dinner. Yeah. Did did I say lunch? I was going to say exceptional up to that point when you said dinner. I think it worked. Yeah, Yeah, it worked really well. Well played. Yeah, you you win. Yep. As always. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Good thing Wayne Rainey's not here. Yeah. (laughs) And now for dinner with racers, presented by Continental Tire, with your hosts Ryan Eversley and Sean Heckman. Placeholder Radio. Welcome to Dinner with Racers. Yeah! We're back! We're back! We're doing it! Somehow it's still going. It's still a thing. Woo, 2021. I'm Ryan Eversley. I'm Sean Heckman. And we are currently wrapping up a 25,000 mile road trip. 25,000 miles across the United States of America. Over the course of the year, we've been doing all sorts of fun things and sitting down with your favorite heroes in the motorsports industry, mm-hmm. having lunches, dinners, breakfasts. And in this particular case, we headed out to Texas. Texas? Well, who's in Texas, Ryan? Well, that'd be Mr. Kevin Schwantz. Kevin Schwantz? Kevin Schwantz is a very well-known motorcycle racer from back in the 80s and 90s, and has then in the later stages of his career run the Kevin Schwantz Motorcycle School, but also was willing to give us time to hear his whole story. So the story of Kevin Schwantz is pretty cool. He's got a hell of a resume. He won everything there was to win on the American side of motorcycle racing in the 1980s. But then he went out and did that MotoGP. Yeah. MotoGP, of course, being the biggest international series for motorcycle racing. And he and Wayne Rainey had an epic several-year battle between each other. And Kevin finally won that world championship in 1993. Kevin is, in fact the last American MotoGP world champion before Nicky Hayden. Now, we never actually met Kevin before, but to our surprise, he understood exactly what we were trying to get out of this. So we had a lovely meal with him at Chinatown in Austin, Texas. Austin, Texas. I had a rainbow roll. And I, of course, at Chinatown in Austin, Texas, had a chicken sandwich. That's right. That's the bit we're doing. And I think that was the first time we saw the GERD. It is. The GERD began here on the GERD tour of 2021. That's right. So here are some of the stories presented while I have GERD. (laughs) A great story about Porsche rental cars. Why Wayne Rainey is a son of a bitch. And crashing Xfinity cars. A lot. Now, of course, this season, just like every other season before, would absolutely not have been possible if we weren't able to get around town, get around for 25,000 miles on what kind of vehicle, Ryan? My 2021 Acura MDX A-Spec. Oh, that is a fancy car. It is. Did you have oil in it? I did. I topped it off with the best in the original motor oil, which is Valvoline. Hell of a plug. Great. And, uh, you know... When this whole thing started in 2015. It was just one company. It was just one company. Just one small company out of Fort Mill, South Carolina. Four tires. Black and round. And what do they say on them? They say Continental Tire. Is that Continental Tire? They say Continental Tire. Continental Tire. For what you do. Um, hey, Ryan. Yeah. Hey, Over the years. Yes. Uh, we're, we're in marketing. We're branding. There's a way you say it. Okay. The way I say it. The way you say oh, it. Oh, you want me. the goods. I need the goods. You want me to sell the goods. That's how this gets paid for. All right. You asked for it. Continental Tire. Cross contact. LX. We still don't know which one it is. Now, 
for this particular season, we were lucky enough to get, uh, oh, you know, old four-time. Oh, four-time. What old, does that mean? Old four-time. You know, we just go ahead and get the uh, one of the best IndyCar drivers to ever race Indy 500. Do you mean a four-time Indy 500 winner? I do. He drove us all around the country? He did. Are you talking about Rick Mears? I'm talking about, no, no, Penske, Pen, other Penske guy. Hmm. The other guy. The dancing guy. Oh, the guy from this year. The guy from this year. This year's Indy 500 this guy, winner. Yeah, right, right. The current Indy 500 champion, Helio Castroneves. I'm Helio Castroneves, and I'm clearly driving this Acura MDX. Now, we have to give a major, major thank you to all of the fans who have been so supportive over the last couple of years. We have been so fortunate to be able to continue to do this, and another great season is behind us now. But that is down to you guys supporting our partners like Continental Tire, Acura, and Valvoline. And of course, you guys are awesome by supporting them, plugging them on Twitter and social media for us. And we can't say thank you enough, but please give them a shout out. Let them know you like their products. Let them know you like our show. We can't do this without you. Kevin Schwantz. Meow. All right, we're going to start in five, four, three, two. Hey, Kevin, how are you? Ryan Eversley, nice to meet you. Hey, Sean, nice to meet you, man. Yeah. It's like I'm going to go over there. <laughs> like, cool, so we eat over here. <laughs> so uh, we waste no time. We'll have you put that on. For whatever reason, the reason we've been lucky to do what we do is that we don't. We do talk racing, but we don't talk about like. So tell us about the win at Daytona. From, like <laughs> we're more of like we want about your dogs. <laughs> yeah, like exactly. That. So right. and my four wheel experience is when I stopped motorcycle racing in '95 when I retired. Yeah. I spent the winter of '95 into '96, the winter of '96 into '97, both in Australia, driving some two liter stuff. I drove a for a Peugeot 405, mm -hmm. 406, okay. whatever it was. Mm -hmm. that like year. a touring car support series kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. Okay. Um, Raced at the IndyCar Surfers as a support class. Yeah. Oh, cool. And managed to beat Peter Brock. Then did some NASCAR racing there yeah. as well. Won uh, the very first NASCAR that I sat in. I won at Oren Park. Oh, okay. Jim Richards and I went. I went three. There was three different heats. I went three, two, one, only because Richards broke a brake rotor going into the last corner at Oren Park, and yeah. he just sent you right. straight into the right, wall. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah. So he was he was beating me pretty handily, but. Um, and then I drove a little bit in 97 here in the U.S. in the Bush Grand National Series. Yeah, yeah. I bought part of a team, not with the intention to buy it, to, to drive it, but drive it. To, you know, I'm going to run this, turn turn this into a business. And okay. Only to find that my... You'd been in racing for a while by this point. Yeah. And yeah. you still thought well, you could make a business out of it. Well, you know, I did in NASCAR just because it was, I mean, when we well, were... It was like the, late when, 90s. Yeah. 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 Late 90s, there was 70 friggin' Bush cars right. showed up at the race. Like, right. You know, and there was some decent sponsorship dollars around. Right. But the guy that I bought in with was an absolute friggin' thieving lion crook. Oh. In racing. Imagine that. Motorsports. <laughs> Weird. Huh. Huh. Yeah. So, so I had that team, 97. I drove a little bit in 98 and decided, yeah. you know what, I'm tired of spending my money. Mm -hmm. Sold it to Lyndon Amick's father, Bill. Yeah. And yep. Uh, sold my house to Tony Stewart. <laughs> I said, you know what, I'm friggin' done with these hillbillies. I'm leaving. <laughs> And it's so it. funny, two years ago when we got inducted into the Motorsports Hall of Fame, it was me and Smoke and Dario, and right. Smoke and I were doing a morning thing. He goes, you know, Schwantz, he goes, I don't, I don't do mornings. I'm not a morning person. See he that. goes, but you know what? That house you sold me, it was really good. And, we, of course, there's a huge crowd there listening. He says, yeah. you know, once I got all the stripper poles out of it, it was awesome. <laughs> 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 so based on a couple of YouTube clips I saw, it seemed like the time in what would now be Xfinity wasn't a good memory. 
not to speak of. You know, yeah. I, I met a bunch of good people. Have a lot, made a lot of good friends. You know, yeah. I met Tony, met uh, Gooch, the guy that runs his Gooch. Gooch, yeah, Gooch that runs. He used to drive his motorhome, fueled the car as well. Okay, good. but now he runs all of his uh, swag and sells okay, all the yeah. stuff at all yeah, the races yeah, yeah, he goes yeah, yeah. to. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and, and numerous other guys that were mechanics at my shop for a year and a half until right. I said, "Guys, I'm sorry, but <laughs> not making sense." Right, yeah, right. Because I assume nothing in terms of on track, not not much translates. You know, I um. None, none whatsoever. Yeah. I ran. I did get to run the road course at the Glen, yeah. and I ran second oh, nice. behind oh. fellows all day long yeah. until a stuck throttle down into the first turn. Yeah, clutch, blown motor. Nice. But you know, at the end of the day, he came over and said, "You were the only person we were even remotely concerned oh, about." That's cool. So, yeah. That's yeah. Cool. You know, if we go, we go left and right, it's okay. But that <laughs> figuring out what is it? What do you mean? I'm not supposed to do this? Yeah, when right, it slides. right, right, right. Just yeah, this? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's no. Yeah, you're like, I don't want to do that. No. Have you seen me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about the fear factor of like finding the limit of the tire and everything? Because for you, it's got to be so much more comfortable. You know, behind the car's a cage like, and, okay, it's pushing. Okay, it's loose. Right, right. You know, and, and the one of the last times I sat in a NASCAR, I drove it off into one, two. Do you remember which track? Boom. Yeah, Charlotte. Charlotte. Oh, call blew, blew a right front. Oh, oh. Yeah. yeah. And so went, you know, quartered in. Yeah. Just rock solid. Yeah. You for two, <laughs> for two days. <laughs> I was in the hospital. They were asking. But, I mean, alert. To, well, yeah. t- talking. You were, you were awake. Alert, yeah. awake. Awake and talking. <laughs> yeah. And just, yeah, I'm 27. I'm frigging this. I'm that. You know, I really wish you get that tube out of my d- <laughs> you know, just, just, and Sunday night football, the race started Saturday, what, at 2 o'clock they right, start? Yeah. Right, I remember Sunday night football, the kickoff, I was like, ding. I was like, I'm back. It, yeah. It took that long. It did. Yeah. And then it was still a couple of months after that, you know, I'd be sitting in the restaurant just looking at people, what? <laughs> what do you want? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. I mean, sitting in Mexican food, and the lady looked at me like, what? What do you want? <laughs> what the f- also, no, come on. Who am I? Yeah. yeah. Right. Where are my pants? What city is this? Yeah. What, what do you mean I'm not dressed? Yeah. <laughs> There's no reason to stare, Don't is look he? at me. I'm a piece of meat. Yeah. I got you. So you're Texas born and bred. You Grew, know, born and raised in in Houston. Yeah. Uh, born in 64. Graduated high school, 82. My parents owned a Yamaha shop growing up. Yeah. Uh, my grandparents started it in 48 and in 60 gave it to my parents my Mom was just married to my dad and my uncle, my mom's brother. Mm-hmm. They split the shop. My mom and dad got half. My uncle got half. Yeah. Yamaha dealers in 64. And that was the year I was born. And I started riding a mini bike when I was three. Mm-hmm. Rode off-road stuff. Mom was always riding. You do anything you want. I just want you to ever race them. Uh, <laughs> so, of course, of that course, of course I, yeah. I, I, I get to be a teenager and my, my buddies at the shop, we're going Friday night motocross. You want to go? I was like... Yeah, well, you t- take my bike. I think I can, you know, by then mom was like, yeah, go, just go on, do whatever you want to do. Yeah. But you had to kind of hide it at first? And come back and be all, you know, beat up. I'm like, oh, she was, what'd you guys, what'd you do last night? Oh, you know, and I think she probably already knew. Yeah, right. right. But, but you lied to your first yeah. venture into racing, which is a major theme uh, that every, we've uncovered. Uh, yeah. Every person we've talked to, almost, their career started on a lie. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, like, I wasn't I'm doing anything last yeah. night. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. I promise. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And then... So motocross, road enduros and hair scrambles and stuff like that. Yeah. But started actually observe trials riding. So going real slow, and that's what I did when I was probably, I don't know, eight years old, nine years old. Okay. My dad, my dad was a big trials rider. We were actually sold Osa motorcycles, okay. Spanish yeah. built. Yeah. So for 
for somebody who largely knows four wheels, what is it? What is a trials rider? Trials rider is the guy that goes over the rocks and the logs okay, it's and like real a, slow and up big big walls. So it's like almost like a giant hill climb kind of thing. It's kind of like a rally. Yeah, yeah but it's of. well, it, and it's just section by section by okay, section. So, so, yeah, so yeah, it's you know, like a rally, yeah. basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's you know, it's trials because it's one at a time. Now it's now it's a a minute and a half limit to get through the section. So most of the stuff is just short, steep, rocky. I mean, it might be from here to the street. Yeah, right. Right. What was it in your time? I don't know that there was a time limit back then, but, I mean, nowadays guys can sit there and balance and back up. Yeah, now it's when you see the bikes that weigh like 120 pounds, it seems like, and they're hopping them like a bicycle. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Back in the day, you, you couldn't stop forward progress. If you ever stopped forward progress, you got you, you got maximum points. Right, so. right. From trials to, to motocross and scrambles and stuff like that. And then in 82, 83, I thought I was fast enough on a motocross bike that I raced the Houston Supercross. Yeah. Um, back then, you didn't even, you didn't have to do anything to qualify. You just got to go straight into the heats. Okay. So I, a heat race, semi, last chance qualifier. Didn't make it in 82. In 83, got a really good start in my heat race, and I'm right behind Mike Bell. I'm thinking, hmm. <laughs> This is I'm perfect. Set, right? yeah, yeah. I got to be top top go ten to go to. Chance. I got to go top ten to get in the main event. It's game on after that. And going, they used to have the overpass, underpass, where they used to go into the tunnel. And uh, Mike went over this just big kicker, just straight over the back. But I mean, he's six foot six. Yeah. So I was like, well, f- that's how you do it. Ding, da, ding, da, ding. And I cartwheeled. <laughs> and, my, you know, my, my parents used to, this. we had a section, of t- a section of tickets we got to sell that we, we had for flat track and yeah. motocross, everything. So they're sitting over there, and all they see is me come flipping mm-hmm. through head toe, mm-hmm. head toe. Yep. Nice. <laughs> I was like, that's like, it. No more. Right. And at the end of 83, some friends of mine said, why don't you come road race with us? And I was like, you got to be kidding. <laughs> oh, that's crazy. <laughs> road race, that can't be any fun. There's no mud. There's no jumps. Mm. But you go faster and it hurts more. Yeah. Yeah. And you could die pretty easy. That's that's kind of how it all came to be. And when I finished road racing that weekend with him, I was almost as fast as my buddies who've been doing it six all or eight time. or sure. ten years. Yeah, I forget. Right. But right. Back home on one knee, mom and dad, can I have can I have another motorcycle? I think I'm gonna think I'm gonna try this. Right. Meanwhile, uncle's on the other side going, F- spoiled rotten brat. He's <laughs> fucking, it, just give him everything. He's never gonna turn into anything. Right. Right. <laughs> 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 Did you ever have, like, a real job as a teenager? I'm just working at my parents' dealership. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What did they make you do? Mm. Assemble motorcycles to start with, you know, Christmas rush. Yeah. Um, put four-wheelers together, stuff like that. Service new motorcycles, so gas, oil, just check everything, tire pressures. A couple of summers worked uh, as a lawnmower mechanic. Another couple of summers worked. And always was the kid that when summer came was like, all right, all my buddies are going, going, they're going to the beach for the weekend. Right. Yeah, no, no, you're not. You're yeah. good. Yeah, worked yeah. there. Yeah. Worked in the, we had a, a marine department. We sold boats, smaller boats, ski boats, stuff like that. Yeah. I, I, I have the, the bragging rights of, used to get in the boat and get up under the dash on Saturday morning. I'm tired. I want to go to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> and the guy, the one of the, the managers would walk by and he'd see your hands by your side. So he's not doing any freaking work. So he'd beat on the side of the boat and then you'd wake up and crack your head on the bottom side of the yeah. steering wheel. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, well, hold on. I know how to solve this. So I took a zip tie. Yep. I've done this. Pulled my hands tied up. <laughs> okay. Exactly. Now you think something works? Looks like you're doing something. Exactly. I couldn't, I couldn't get it. I got too tight. I couldn't get it undone. Yeah. <laughs> Help. <laughs> Somebody ha- can somebody yeah. come help me get my hands in? <laughs> Why are they zip tied to get? Oh, I was trying to put that 
the the speedo tube <laughs> no, <laughs> nobody believed me <laughs> so your uncle daryl was the original 34 yes so why does like he has obviously a big influence on the beginning of your career but you also said he said you were spoiled and you're never gonna learn anything well that was where he was the big influence i was like i'm gonna show him okay yeah, yeah. um he won the houston astrodome short track in 1975 okay a buddy of his that he used to travel with mike gerald won it in 74 Daryl won it in 75, and his other good buddy that he raced with, Bubba Rush, won it in 1976. Yeah. They, they ran the short track one night, and they ran the TT the next night, which was a, had a jump in the infield. Right. So, um, and back in the day, road racing and dirt track used to share 100 national numbers. Okay. If you were a grand national champ, you yeah. had to road okay, race so and you had to dirt track. Okay. Yeah. My uncle never did that, so he had the n- national number 34 for dirt track. But, but that... But 34 would not road race then. We did not road race, right. right. Yeah. And yeah. Wes Cooley had it. After my uncle lost, didn't score any national points, Wes took national number 34 from a road racing standpoint. Yeah. So when I started road racing, my first year I had a three-digit number. I was 289. That year was 1985. Wes got hurt, didn't, blew up a clutch in Daytona, crashed at Sears Point, and never rode the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. So he didn't score any points. So I felt like, you know, you took it from my family, so take I'm just going to take it back. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> that's kind of how, and then had just held on to it the whole time. Right, right. right. What him. was the significance for, for Uncle Daryl to have 34? I have no idea. Yeah, but it was his. It so was you, his. Yeah, part of the family. So I just kind of backed it up. I got you. I think he did okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he was, you know, he was like, you know, I'd come back from club racing in 84, and I'd go win three or four classes on the weekend. Mm-hmm. We'd endurance race, and we'd finish in the top three or five, and we'd ride a 600, and everybody else was on bigger bikes. My uncle's like, well... You know, if you ever win an AMA National, just call me. You know, still just kind of disgusted. You yeah. spoiled, rotten kid. You know, you're never going to turn out to be anything. You're like, come on, man. So when I won my first National, my dad and I called him from the bar. <laughs> and when nice. I won my first Grand Prix from Japan, he was the first person I called. I yeah. Think, I think I won up you. <laughs> <laughs> also, this phone call is going to cost you yeah. $100. Yeah. yeah. How old were you when you first went to Japan for the first time? 21. Mm-hmm. 19... 1985, mm-hmm. I had gotten the ride at the end of 84 with Yosh. Mm-hmm. It was doing only West Coast stuff. I was saying, you were basically Texas your whole life growing up. My, my dad and I went for uh, a race leading up to the 8-hour, the, the 200K at Suzuka. And I rode a Formula 3 bike, which is a 400 mm-hmm. inline four-cylinder, and I rode a Formula 1 bike, which was a 750. Mm-hmm. And in the Formula 1 race, I just kind of got – and I'd, not long before that, I'd fallen off – and hurt my co- broke my collarbone, <laughs> but I was like, I'm not I'm toughing this out. I'm not gonna miss Japan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I went there. And the was, eight hours like the enduro of motorcycle racing. Absolutely, it's like your Le Mans, yeah. so yeah. to speak. And so yeah. I'm there, and I kind of get muscled around in the 750 race. And end up getting knocked off. Yeah. Well, I get up, and the next race I have is the Formula Three race. Well, I've taken notes, hadn't I? Because the same <laughs> guys are riding the F three race, riding yeah. the F one race, and I moved. I moved half a dozen guys out and finished <laughs> nuts second right behind this guy yeah. just about to, just just trying to get by him. Yeah. And after the race, Fujio Yoshimura says, he goes, I've never had so many team managers with riders coming down. Where is he? We're going to kill him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Nice. He's like, but, he goes, you made an impression. He goes, they didn't ever mess with you any, anymore. I was like, right. well, that, that, yeah. that, that and I knew who, who to watch out for. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So one thing I'm hearing uh, with your upbringing is, it doesn't sound like 
eight-year-old Kevin Schwantz was like, I'm going to MotoGP. Like, this wasn't some lifelong ambition as much as, hey, my buddies are going to go out and motocross. I want to see what this is all about. And it, it, it's gone from there. Yeah, absolutely. Road racing was something that just was something I hadn't tried. Right. And so in 83, after I realized, you know, my parents are going to make me work. I'm not going to be able to ride five days a week. I'm not going to be able to train like most of the guys that are riding pro motocross can. So and I seemed to be able to do that and get away with it, road racing. And, uh, you know, it was like somebody said, what made you just jump at the opportunity to go test a bike you'd never been on at Willow Springs? I think was it going to be the fastest motorcycle I'd ever ridden right. and probably more motorcycle than anybody I knew had ever ridden. Right, right. So I still had bragging rights, didn't I? <laughs> Even if all I did was go out there and fail. Right. And that's just every every opportunity that came to me. You know, nowadays we get we, we get we get the kids that are so, well, you know, this this team contacted me, but it's not a top it's not one of the, one of the teams that always finishes in the top 5, so I'm not sure I should go do it. Well, Everybody's been watching racing long enough. Anybody that's involved with any kind of team or federation or manufacturer knows that that's a 10th place bike. You go get on it and run 8th or run 6th, they go, holy that kid must be good. Yeah, yeah. And the big example I have of that in my career is Steve McLaughlin came to me in 1986 after Daytona. Came to me after he said, hey, you want to come to England and race? I was like, England? England? I've never been to England. Of course I'd go. Yeah, right. He's like, you you got a contract with Suzuki, so we'll just make sure you got a Suzuki. Not what whose bike, what yeah, kind right, of bike, right, what right, kind right. of wheels. Just not Suzuki. Yeah. You okay? And no. I went over there, and it was a stone stock motorcycle. <laughs> who a, a gentleman by the name of Tony Rudder had raced in 1985. Everybody, all the other countries in the world got GSXR 750s. Mm-hmm. We didn't get them until '86. So it was my fir- my first year on one was '86. Tony. Michael Rudder's dad, Michael, who's still racing today, Tony, who passed away last year. Okay. Um, it was his bike from 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 the Isle of Man. Yeah. Oh wow. I yeah. get there. I I walk up. I walk into the garage. Like, yeah, and everybody <laughs> got their bikes. Like, oh, I got this. I got. Where's yours, Kevin? I was leaning against the wall and they have a stand. Right. And I walk over. It's got a puddle of oil underneath it, yeah. and it's yeah. got a right hand shift on it. Oh, nice. oh yeah. Whole new thing. Yeah. 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 Oh, right. How about that? Let's. Yeah. <laughs> well, they, well, we can switch the shifters over. Not no spare wheels, no spare nothing, no right. just a stone stock motorcycle. Tony had probably had a bit of engine work done too because mm-hmm. it, it ran really good. We we borrowed, we, we called Astrolite. They gave us some wheels. We got a different shock for the rear of it. Mm-hmm. We got the things we needed so that we could have wets mounted, be ready for whatever weather came. Yeah. And I ended up scoring more points than anybody, mm-hmm. and absolutely, you know. Uh, impressing Barry Sheen and when the yeah. event when the event's over that week Barry says hey he goes what do you got to do back in America you got any racing going on he says, no he goes the bike that I just put in the museum in 84 my, my 84 Grand Prix bike I, I want to get it out I want you to test my five I want you to ride my 500 wow and going and testing his 500 doing race of the year and finishing second he talked to Suzuki UK and said you guys got to f- get us a small van we're taking Kevin to some Grand Prix whenever he's not busy wow so it went from Hadn't hadn't even raced a full season in America professionally yet. Yeah. So I'm going Grand Prix race. And the, scene, and the scene at that time was such that you could do that kind of one-off here and there kind of deal. Mm, absolutely. Wow. You just needed somebody like Barry Sheen to take He's under like his a wing. Legend. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And had I not had I decided, you know, that's not going to be a great bike. I probably shouldn't go. I probably mm-hmm. been stuck here the rest of my career. Who knows? Yeah. But yeah, if you don't, you know, check the ego and go, hey, I just want to ride this thing, see what I can get. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What? So you, I mean, you started. You started with no plan, basically. I mean, you're jumping from motocross to motocross. You, you, you try out road racing when you get a chance. When was your first actual paper contract? 
when I went to Willow Springs in, at the end of 84 and did well, right? there was a, a piece of paper there that the guys at Yost were here, sign, You're gonna sign, be a Suzuki sign, guy sign, now. sign, yeah. sign this, yeah. something. But that's like seven, eight years after you'd started doing anything. Mm. So you went years without really any... I mean, graduated high school 82. Right. So from, you know, from probably 10th grade. Right. So 10th, 11th, 12th, a couple yeah. of years after school. Still just kind of working at my parents. Right, I mean, but you're at winning that point, at this point even in, in motocross. Yeah, doing doing good locally. Okay. And the, the same production road racing, right. you know, doing well kind of on a national level but not actually being paid anything in 84. Yamaha paid no contingency, so it was all being supported by my parents in the shop. The, the kicker here is mid-84, there start talks start being heard around the dealerships that my parents are selling their half uh, and I'm thinking, uh-oh. I got to work for that guy that he and I don't get along very well. This is not good. Yeah. And somebody said, well, that's probably why you went so fast on the road racer, huh? I was like, well, well like, from that, it was back home and back to work. Yeah. Because, like, college wasn't going to be a thing, it sounds like. I tried. I tried. At the end of 82, I didn't make good enough grades to get into UT here in Austin. Okay. So mm. I came up on on summer yeah on the summer plan so like i'll be a world un- champion un- I guess. Unfor- unfortunately <laughs> the lake won out over school like yeah. travis is nice man i get it <laughs> right. yeah no so but your first contract was with yoshimura suzuki which i don't know what that would have been in the mid 80s but today that's like the team yeah you're gonna be no, in america in, well in 19 1985 my contract with yosh they paid my expenses and i got prize money hmm. okay so it wasn't like you got this huge million dollar deal no, right no, right no. right yeah yeah, yeah. And then, and then, midway through '85, I signed a two-year deal with American Suzuki. Mm-hmm. Okay. And got paid forty thousand the first year and sixty thousand the second. So prize money in '85 was that enough to do anything with, or was that just sort of enough to barely explain to your parents you're doing something? No, I mean I went. We we did West Coast races. I won Willow. Yeah. Um, probably what four thousand bucks. You mm. know, probably still not. I do remember at some point in that year having almost $10,000 in the bank and thinking, oh, my oh, God, so rich. Yeah. I'm 20 <laughs> years old. It's never going to end, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I, at that, in the same in 85, was anytime I had a free weekend that, that I wasn't racing the Yosh bike, I was going and racing my any of my friends that had Yamahas that invite me to come ride their bike because they felt like I could probably win on it. Yeah. thousand bucks. Yeah. Know, we could yeah. win two classes. We'll just split it. Yeah, right. So <laughs> I was there, I was supplementing my income mm-hmm. a little bit okay. with some, the with some yeah, I was with say, Bobby Allison, yeah. with some Yamaha the, contingency, the Wallace brothers, right? Exactly. Midwest. And uh, did, so, Yoshimura, I can't think like the, the best four wheel example I can think of would be like a Jack Roush, you know, somebody who started out being a real famous tuner, but eventually became sort of the factory guy to, to do the racing side of it. Um, did it have a significance to you? Because it doesn't sound like you necessarily grew up as like a diehard bike racing fan not road racing at least yeah no real significance at all yeah until the call from japan came Mm -hmm. yeah pops was still alive at that time Mm -hmm. right and pops is who started yosh fujio's his his younger son yeah yeah and uh now fujio's younger sons actually run yosh here in the u.s cool Hmm. that's cool so getting there and meeting pops and probably one of the coolest things this is is did they did he go by pops or is that what you called him? Because it's no, I, I think everybody. Hideo Yoshimura. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Every, everybody called him pops. That's awesome. At least everybody that knew him. You know. Right. Um, but the coolest thing ever was his health was failing. Ninety three. No, it was ninety four. He died in ninety five. Died in ninety five. Ninety four. Yeah, ninety three. I finished second at the Grand Prix in Japan. Ninety four. I won the Grand Prix, and I got a picture of he and I. And I gave him the trophy. 
Oh, that's cool. And he was like, you're the only one ever raised for me that make it number one. <laughs> I was like, yeah. Yeah, remember that. Yeah. <laughs> so if you've, you've been literally all over the world racing, uh, in sports car racing, Sebring is our, you know, rough and tumble crew of fans that will party even if the race isn't there. In NASCAR, they have Talladega, which is notorious for that. What's the motorcycle equivalent to those events where their fans are insane and they're always out of hand and it's it's like the party race? American American round and I only ever saw it a couple times was Loudon. Okay. Oh my God! If yeah. You, supposedly guys crashing yeah. Japanese bikes back near in the back. Where yeah. They called it. Don't, don't go to the back. If like, you ever ever have a problem at the back, just get away. That's like <laughs> Green sup- Park for Sebring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. supposedly, you know, really people flicking matches at them. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Copy that. Through, through the fence. Or yeah. it's like South Boston's finest. <laughs> you know, it's like all these Dorchester guys. Yeah. And and in <laughs> you know in Grand Prix racing. Never really any rowdies. I mean, the English are probably, the, probably the, right. the fans that right. enjoy themselves the most. Yeah. In Holland, even 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 the guys running around in clogs when the race is over, they go out and they r- rush the track, and they're all standing there with flags and stuff. They they like to celebrate right quite a bit too. Yeah. What about? But the, nothing uh, that I ever heard anything like the back and loud. It's like, up, mm-hmm. oh, don't. Some guy drove back there in a Mercedes once and he and his wife, neither one ever came out. <laughs> <laughs> what about for personal enjoyment? Because like going to Road America is one of our favorite races because Road America's got such a cool history in Elkhart Lake and the town and good drinking at Seepkins and all that. Or like going to Monterey for Laguna Seca because it's a beautiful place to visit. What's like the place on the, ske- like the global schedule that you're like, oh man, I can't wait to do this just because it's a great weekend. You know that once again, Holland, England, and mm-hmm. and Japan. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that a lot of that I think comes off of, you know, I won the I won the Japanese four times, mm-hmm. I won the English either three or four times, and I won Holland three or four times yeah. as well. So, I think it all comes off of where my better results yeah, came right, from. Yeah, right, right. As to where I enjoyed, you know, we didn't have a good result. Really didn't like seeing those fans, did I? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, <laughs> what do you want? <laughs> but there's a there's a a guy who still to this day is in contact with with myself and my parents who we were at Hockenheim Hockenheim the big fast one out there the, you know, yeah the old one yeah. the old one yeah. we were leaving in 89 and my bike had blown up so I was I was pretty yeah. and I was yeah. driving yeah and my mom and dad were in, got the little Suzuki Vitara we're just <laughs> going out for dinner and then coming back and as we're leaving, there's a guy holding an American flag. My mom goes, stop, you got to sign that guy's flag. I was like, screw that guy. I'm not going to sign that thing. I don't feel like it. Right. I'm pissed. He looks in. He's like, I thought you were raining. Yeah. <laughs> I get out. I walk over, sign it, take a picture with him. Somehow, an exchange of numbers, whatever. Mm-hmm. But the guy today is still, he and his family come and visit my parents. Oh, no way. Oh, yeah. 40, 45, minutes, 45 minutes from here. So. That's awesome. Yeah, it's yeah. a pretty, pretty neat story. Yeah. So... Um, speaking of rental cars, uh, <laughs> four-wheel racers can be a little bit nuts with rental cars, but I have to believe that motorcycle guys are a whole different breed in terms of um, bravery. Confidence. Confidence. <laughs> um, are you... Are you, some more work. Yeah, mm-hmm. are, uh, are you on any DNR lists? There's a smirk. Yeah, immediately. Yeah, I like the smirk. <laughs> Not that I know of. Right, mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. I'm not buying it. But yeah, not to my knowledge. Yeah, certainly. right. Yeah. And we raced at Daytona. Uh huh. Must have been '86. Finished third. Got a pretty good paycheck. Mm-hmm. Bunch of cash in my pocket. Well, shit, I'm just gonna drive. The next race is in three weeks in Atlanta. 
we just make our way up there. You keep doing a drink bottle, like you, you know, keep doing no, a no, up up the coast, right? You know, up sure. the coast, yeah, sure. Anyway, <laughs> but I had rented a Ford Thunderbird that year, and they were really good about seventy, yeah. just dropping it back to reverse. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he'd smoke the tire, smoke the tire, smoke. You come to a stop, start going the other way, throw it back in drive, and he'd go. Yeah. To get it into Atlanta Airport, I had to back it into the rental car. <laughs> You're out of gear. It, it, would, it would not go forward anymore. <laughs> and there's a story that that back in the day, but a little before my time, must have been '83, '84, that Cooley and Crosby and a bunch of guys. Or wonder how far out into the ocean you can get on Daytona Beach. (laughs) (laughs) Get out. Okay. And Crosby's like, I see how far I can get out there. He turned it straight to the ocean. No. Dropped the hammer, went out, (laughs) stood on the roof of it, said, I win. (laughs) Swam back in. He's like, Honda's got this one. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. That's awesome. Wow. Yeah. Step it up. (laughs) we, we, We did one year. This is a good story, too. We did one year get... It was 80, might have been 91. I don't remember exactly what year it was, but Porsche decided at the German Grand Prix. What a great idea. We're going to give Martin Wimmer and Randy Mamola and Wayne Rainey and Kevin Schwantz and Eddie Lawson brand, brand new 944S, and I think they were S2s, so yeah. whatever year the S2s came sure. out. And we all get them. Let's give these motorcycle racers free yeah, portions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and you guys, you guys, Germany's this weekend. Mm-hmm. Next weekend is is Yugoslavia. Okay, and so then, you can get, and, then yeah, yeah. The, and then the weekend after that, there's another race, or there was a week off in another race. But you could traverse we'll get, Europe. In we'll, this. we'll get them back from you after. We'll get them back after, from after you. Yugoslavia. Wow, <laughs> in the eighties, <80s. laughs> right? The first yeah. one, the first one to go by the way. Well, and it didn't go by the wayside that day, but Lawson day. Lawson's leaving the track. Yeah, and he had won the race. It was must have been eighty nine because okay. he won that. Year. Yeah. No, he didn't win that year because Rainey beat him. So, anyway, he goes to leave, yeah. and these guys are like, hey, Eddie. He's like, hey. You know, he gives him one. Well, they just jump on the hood of his car. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Like they're egging him on. He flicks him off, oh, and yeah, then they're yeah. like, okay. Yeah, watch right. this. Watch That's this. Show him a lesson. Yeah. And then from there. So that car's to, destroyed. To, yeah. From there, we go Germany to Yugoslavia. We go to Yugoslavia first and then came back. And I think we had a weekend off. Okay. We were going to go buy Alpine Stars and Dane Easy, some of the leather manufacturers. And yeah. Just kind of go by and, and see some of the sponsors, and it was Randy, Eddie, and I. And so we go to Alpine Stars, and Gabrielle goes, well, "Come on, I'm going to take you guys to Venice. I'm going to put you at a really nice hotel. I'm going to sure. buy you dinner. Yeah, kind of want to show you what it's all about." Okay, great. Never been there, so we take off, and Gabrielle's driving a Mercedes 300 something, 300 coupe or something. Mm-hmm. I forget what it is. And he, of course, knows the road like the back of his hand. Yeah, so probably he crazy. Gets really. away from us. Yeah. Well, there's me leading Lawson. And Randy. So we get to a light, and Gabrielle takes off, turns left. So we got to wait. Yeah. No, yeah. we got to wait for the cars to yeah, try and catch yeah, up. Yeah, Well, in Italy, you're going, down, you're going down this road leaving town. Yeah. And, you know, they build the houses right out to the edge of the street. Yeah. So we go down, and I go to go around this corner that's pretty sharp. Yeah. And there's a little old lady in a Fiat 500 stop. No. She's trying to turn left across the road, and there's just as much traffic yeah, there. Yeah. And I'm like, man. This is kind of, that was pretty close. And I hear, <laughs> Lawson's coming. Yeah, and right. I hear, and I don't hear a second. Yeah. And he comes around the corner and he goes, I mean, it just almost right up into the, I turned mine to the curb to yeah. give him a little extra room. Right. And we hear, <laughs> here comes Mamola. <laughs> and we hear, big yeah. second gear yeah. grab. And we're yeah. thinking, He's oh, coming shit. For it. Yeah. And yeah. I look back and Eddie puts his head against the headrest and I do the same with mine. <laughs> 
just about the time Randy comes around the corner and sees us, locks up the brake, hits the brakes, doesn't lock them up, but yeah. and hits us. Just drills you. The, yeah. little, the little lady turns, and we don't, we don't touch her. <laughs> <laughs> the funniest part of the story is it's starting to get dark. Yeah. And well. remember the 944? Yeah, they had a pop-up headlights. Well, mine, yeah. mine were okay, but Eddie's yeah, weren't, Randy's gone. weren't. So we had to stop at a freaking <laughs> services on the side of the road, borrowed some tires, and pried the headlights open. Right, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> we had to get somewhere, didn't right, we? Right, right. These are rentals anyway. I like you took three in one hit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, that's a skill. And the lady that was causing it essentially just yeah, boop, she got on with her day. Yeah, had a yeah. nice evening. <laughs> How did it go turning those back in? Well, the better part, that's where that's where we turned them back in at. So we went Germany, mm-hmm. Yugoslavia, mm-hmm. Austria. Mm-hmm. We were supposed to give them back after Austria. Yeah. Lawson and I are leaving. I'm driving. Mm-hmm. After the race, I'd won. And we, we, we head out onto the track, head out, you got to cross, you park inside the track uh-huh. at the old Salzburg ring. So you park inside, you got to go over the track to leave. Yeah. Well, the guy who was security and making sure nobody got on the track was talking to Mamola. Okay. And Eddie's like, let's take a lap. Because <laughs> <laughs> why not? Yeah, yeah right. Okay, that's Ed, not really uh, a bad it, idea. It's, it's still wet. I mean, it's been raining since yeah. the race finished. Yeah. So I go out and I make a lap, but I make a lap pretty slow. There's nothing silly going on. And as we come back around, the guy who was security looked like the guy off of... Um, the James Bond movie remember the guy yeah, with Jaws. Yeah, Jaws. Yeah. he looked like he was about 8 foot tall yeah yeah. yeah. and just and as we pull up he's like he comes walking up because put the window down yeah can I help you yeah. like, I'm traveling yeah I'm, I'm a traveler who are you what are you doing I says I'm Wayne Rainey <laughs> and, 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 Lawson, and Lawson starts Lawson starts to laugh and he says what are you laughing at yeah he says, what's your name? He says, I'm Randy Mamola. Well, <laughs> he was just talking to Randy. Right, yeah, yeah. Said, and by that time, I had, I guess, maybe th- those new auto buttons on the windows. I had cracked the button a little too much. He got in, got the door handle. Oh, wow. And he went to yank me out. When he went to yank me out of the car, I had my seatbelt on. So I just kind of went. <laughs> and I started, I started laughing at that. And he, with that and enough bullshit from inside the car, slammed the door as hard as he could. Yeah. The window shattered. Oh, of course. Oh, wow. yeah, yeah. piece of glass cut I, Whoa. I, and I go and I look and my, my hand just covered in blood and yeah. I look at Lawson yeah. and he's like let's f- kill him <laughs> I was like oh you at, you at 135 and me at 137 yeah. we're yeah. gonna do it's something with, with Jaws yeah. yeah right so right. we get out and start throwing stuff at him the guy does something and Lawson kicks him right in the nuts <laughs> and when he does he bends over grabs the Lawson grabs the radio and smacks it grabs the antenna and, you know those Motorola's yeah big, right yeah. and just and transistors batteries go everywhere and we're swinging and hitting with this guy with yeah. all we can yeah finally he makes his way back to his van and he takes off so we go back in we drop my car off patch up the window because it's raining <laughs> right yeah 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 and this is this Porsche loaner car yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and we jump in Ed's and then, well, then, we, then we go into town and we Go to dinner and have a good time, and on the way back out of town, and you're like taped up window. And, and no, no, no. We took Eddie's. Yeah, oh, Eddie's yeah. just okay. had. Pride but you up still have like a cut on your eye. Your hands are probably busted no, up. No, no, no. We'd gone back because in, okay. in in there I'd, I'd changed shirts and took care of it. You got the got evidence it, off of you. Got, right. got the uh, team Roberts tech doctor to put a butterfly <laughs> on it. What happened? Oh, a uh, fight. Yeah. <laughs> Did you lay a bike down? No, no. So as we're coming back from dinner that night, we pull up to light. We both look over and there's a guy in a sidecar. Yeah. On a motorcycle with a person in the sidecar. And he looks at it and he points at us. Well, the problem now is we're 
two miles from where we exit to the track and when you go into the underneath the track yeah, yeah. you're stuck i mean this guy's gonna follow us there yeah right i'm like lawson come on you can lose this guy <laughs> It's just a, it's just a straight road. Yeah, right, then yeah. you make a hard right and you turn. You go downhill. Yeah. You make a U-turn at the 200, 300 yards down the hill, and you make a U-turn and go back yeah. under the big yeah. bridge and into the racetrack. Yeah. So I said, Ed, here's the deal. I said, when you get to that right turn, I said, first gear, second gear, down the hill, knock it back to first. When you see the corner, dump the clutch, let it. Right, it'll yeah, go back and forth. A little engine yeah, braking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Spin the back. Yeah, yeah. He does exactly that and goes. And mats it. So I, all I hear is on the limiter. And there's a there's a there's a ditch deeper than that wine rack. And we go off in it. Of and we're sitting, we're sitting like this. All you can yeah. see from the road is bottom of the left front. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. You're on the side. And I look up at him. I said, "Try reverse." <laughs> <laughs> and the best part is we got the guys in the sidecar to give us a ride to our motor home. <laughs> And when we got there, hey, sorry. Rob, Rob McElnay and Neil McKenzie were there, and they'd been out having about as much fun as we had. Yeah. So we decided to take the Jeep that we normally towed in the trailer behind my motorhome yeah. with a tow strap. We're going to tow the thing out, aren't we? Right. Gotta Nobody get, will ever know. Yeah. <laughs> we got to get this Porsche I get up on its side. sitting on its side. Yeah. I, get, I get up underneath the front of it. Oh, yeah, that's good. Hooked <laughs> it to the sway bar. Yanked the sway Man. bar right out of it. <laughs> <laughs> So the next day, we all had to limp to the Porsche. Well, they took it brought, took it on a tow truck. Yeah. They, I drove yeah. mine with a broken window to the local Porsche dealership, and we said, we're here to turn these in. <laughs> <laughs> never heard a word from them again about borrowing a car. Right. About to say, I'm guessing the program never came back. Uh, you mentioned them already, but uh, Sean and I are in love with the Kevin Schwantz-Wayne Rainey rivalry. That's also friendship, and basically, without either of you, I don't know that you're your writing would have gone to what it did you know like we read about you guys and how he was very methodical and like really thought everything out whereas you were more like seat of the pants hell-bent for leather and then later your career you started to write a little bit more like him and it helped you see some more results i mean absolutely with without wayne you know my weekends in between races revolved off of whether it was he in front of me or behind me mm-hmm. not was i first or second right right but if he was behind me it was it was a, a success yeah so he was fourth and you were third didn't matter that you didn't win you yeah. beat him i beat him yeah. yeah it was all that really mattered yeah. and these are fields of like 30 bikes like you know back in the day in grand prix yeah 24 okay 26 yeah. maybe yeah yeah but of the best guys in the world right yeah. and back then probably 10 factory bikes 12 factory yeah. bikes yeah so in, in any any given day, most of those bikes capable of winning. Yeah. There there wasn't there, there there was a time, a little prior to mine, where there was a t- a top rider, and then there was a guy that was there because he was bringing some sponsorship. Sure, out. sure, yeah, yeah. Even yeah, then, yeah. I mean, now it's gotten even more exaggerated, but sure. Um, you know, and you see a picture of us at Daytona in '87. They gave a pole position award. Back in the day, before yeah. it was a, a nice Daytona, they gave you because Camel sponsored this. Yeah. Here's a camel hair jacket. Nice, right? Yeah, like, yeah. Nice. So I've yeah. got my jacket on, and <clears throat> Wayne's at the other end of the room. There's six of us lined up. They yeah. introduced us. We're all standing there, and I'm staring that way, and he's staring that way. Yeah. Just to not even that bad. have yeah, like, to. Don't even know you, man. Not even have to acknowledge that one's in the room. Yeah. Um, that race in '87, I was leading by 14 or 15 seconds. Yeah. At Daytona. Had we're just about to make our second stop. Yeah. And I go into the chicane, try and get past the back marker. He shuts the door on me, clip the hay bale, just about eliminate this finger Rip from my your hand. finger off, yeah, yeah. Hit the ground, get up. As I'm walking to the ambulance, 
in the ambulance, get in the ambulance, get to the medical center. The race is finishing up in here, Wayne on the podium. Yeah, you know, we were catching Schwantz. <laughs> <laughs> we we, we would have won this thing no matter whether it crashed or not. Yeah. I was like, I f- want to kill the guy. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I absolutely, yes. you know, and, and right after Daytona, two weeks, three weeks after Daytona was the match races, which I'd gone to in 86 and, and had such a, a good showing. Yeah. Like, I'm going back. Even though I had two external pins in this finger, I was yeah, like, I'll just, I'll just tape it up. Yeah, yeah whatever. Yeah. And the first time, first practice there, I was like, I'll just ride. It's Brand's hatch. It's not that fast. Yeah. <laughs> 100, 100 miles an hour with a big piece of gauze hanging. I feel like it's going to rip your finger off oh, yeah, in about. It's like catching air, right? Yeah. Yeah. So come back in. Oh, I got to tape it to this other one. And I mean, we slugged it out yeah. that weekend too. I ended up scoring more points than he did, and we won as an American team, which we didn't do the year before. Yeah, so right, right. It was a complete success. And um, you know, once we got to Grand Prix, because I I nudged him pretty hard clearways, mm-hmm. and then he ran up the inside of me into paddock, and I mean hit me. Ran me across. There was, a, there was a big line of oil dry okay. about that far off yeah, yeah. the white stripe. Yeah. So you just had to go in and get on the white line. Sure. He runs in, nudges me across it, which, woof, yeah, 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 yeah. And right. as it did this, I'm thinking, well, it turned me a little further than I want to be, so perfect. And I went right back up the inside of him, and yeah. I broke myself into the hairpin at the top. And yeah. it was an indie circuit, so yeah, it was yeah. a short circuit. And uh, we go back down, go towards clearways, and I'm like, I'm not going to let him win that way. Yeah. And so as he goes to off left to then flick back right to start clear ways yeah when he goes back right i just go just and i get in yeah. and i get in he's he's almost on the stripe but yeah. i'm you can see me i'm working the bars <laughs> trying to leverage him off the end right. and i'm like we're getting further around we're getting further around he's getting a little more angle i mean like jesus this isn't gonna work is it <laughs> right. he finally drives me off into the grass mm-hmm. my knee hits the grass my almost fall off the edge of the bike yeah he ends up winning that race yeah but after that I don't think we ever touched fairings again. Ever again. Yeah. Ever again. Yeah. Well, it sounds like the hate on your end came from the fact he clearly got in your head. Mm. And it sounds like you resented the shit out of that. Well, and then I'll tell you something once we get off the air that prob- <laughs> probably didn't help it either. Okay. No, that's yeah. <laughs> that's why we're here. Um, I did his for a little while to help that. I, that's where it was okay. going. <laughs> I thought it was going to be like. Well, and he he was Superbike champ in 83. Yeah. Okay, I mean, so he, he was, he was way, way, way mm-hmm. more experienced mm-hmm. than I was. Mm-hmm. And you ask him what his opinion is. His opinion is that I got everything given to me too easy. I didn't have to work for it. Yeah, right. So, huh. so did he and your uncle hang out? <laughs> <laughs> like, Might have. Yeah. yeah. So what's what do you think the worst back and forth you guys ever had was verbally? <laughs> Probably the, the closest we ever came <clears throat> to standing up and swinging at each other. Yeah was after the race in Assen okay. in 19, yeah, it was 91, because we just raced Hockenheim the week before, uh-huh. and I outbroke him into the stadium yeah. and won the race. And then at Assen, no, it was Assen, I think there was a week off, and then Assen, so he had a full 10 days to stew on it. Yeah, I'm sure right. it was just miserable with him, because ne- I never saw him make a mistake. Sure, sure. So then I'm chasing him in Assen, and, uh, well, and he didn't make a mistake for me to beat him in Germany. I just... He, I came out of the last chicane going into into the stadium, and I thought, you know, I know where he's going. Yeah. He's going to try and go out or up the inside of me. So I just stuck to the white line. Mm-hmm. When I came out, I stayed there. Yeah. And he, I eventually I was like, you know, I really kind of need to be back a little bit for the trying to get this corner right, get set up. In, into the stadium. Right? Yeah, yeah. So I started to move back over, and when he came by, he had to come back across in front of me, which helped me get his draft back really quick. Okay. And so I did this back across the track with him, and when he hit the brakes, I just straightened up. Yeah. 
and my bike just goes and it's, it's just i mean it's everywhere yeah yeah and it's he he said he would finish races he, 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 he said i was i was i was too intrigued watching it he goes i didn't i wondered where it was going to end up <laughs> yeah, and he goes going? the last thing i was going to do was commit outside of you yeah right because you take them out mm. when you fall so yeah anyway i get in and i'm you know I'm, i used to race most grand prix motorcycle racers race one up five down Shifting. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Un- unlike a street bike, anything I ever learned uh-huh. on as a kid, uh-huh. one down, five up. Once it quit being either one all up or all down. Okay. So anyway, I'm an, uh, I'm downshifting to slow the thing down. Yeah, right. It's a second gear corner typically. Mm-hmm. In, in this panic in the bike being completely out of control. Yeah. I go back one too far. Ooh, so okay. as I sling Ooh, it yeah. off in the corner, <laughs> not, thankfully yeah. it's a two stroke, so not too much engine braking, right. and it locks up the rear. Still. And <laughs> I go to grab the throttle, and when I do, it won't go, and I thought, what? <laughs> I look down at the tack, and the tack, the needle just disappeared. Yeah, it's all right. wrapped yeah, around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I get underneath, hook a gear, and as I hook a gear, and I, I think he's got to be coming around me already. Yeah, right. And I look over, and in the video, you watch me, I look over, and he's just right here. Mm-hmm. But the next corner is a, the sack's curve and just a U-turn. Okay. And on the brakes, he, he maybe was ever as good as me on the brakes. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> five percent of the time okay right okay. and that was one of the five percent right there all right yeah because <laughs> he stuck it in there as good as he could and i just went in yeah. closed the door and ended up getting around then got a little loose coming off the last corner and we finished like that but yeah. i beat him yeah so we get to assen yeah so the first portion lawson led yeah and then it started to rain and so they red flagged it right right and when we went back green again it hadn't rained enough to do anything but slicks again sure yeah so we all went back with slicks and Randy and I did this the whole race and starting the last lap. I had, because it run, used to run off cumulative time. Okay. So I had four-tenths of a second lead on him because mm-hmm. I was second behind Lawson. He was third. Okay. He was so fourth. I forget. Yeah. yeah. I just had to stay within four-tenths. Yeah. I'd completely forgotten about that. I had no idea that was even. <laughs> right, because right. he's in your head and you're so yeah, you're like, out of your gonna mind. Yeah, you're going to beat this asshole. And, right. yeah. and so I'm chasing the last lap and I'm like, I'm not going to do anything stupid. I'm not going to crash. You know, that's what he's expecting me to do. He's just really pushing the envelope. <laughs> And so I keep him in sight, but he's every corner. He's, mm, yeah, mm, he's yeah. just doing a little bit. Get a little right. bit of a gap. Yeah. We get all the way head. around, coming back around this big, fast left-hander, going down to the last turn. I'm thinking, oh, he beat me. Yeah. Not thinking is that four tenths or yeah, not? Yeah, exactly. But he's beat me. Right. And I watch him go outside and set up, and he goes, <gasps> and I see the bike stand up, and yeah. I thought he's gotten in too deep <laughs> and he's dog paddling through the grass yeah. as i go yeah yeah and yeah. he comes back across the track in front of me but i go by him and beat him even to the line whereas i would have beat him anyway the four yeah, 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 after right. that mistake right. had he not made the mistake Remember would have been questioned right. yeah right right the worst part about it is i held the lap record at assen until right. they changed the track yeah and he said every time i heard it, he's like but I friggin' put three or four tenths on you that last That would have been mine. I would have had it. That's awesome. So at what point do you guys almost beat the crap out of each other after this? After the ass and, and in, yeah. in the ass and press yeah. room. Yeah. We all walk oh, in. Oh, so in front of everybody. Front three. Front three. Podium. All the press people are there. We walk up and set our helmets on the thing. Set everything. Wayne just friggin' disgusted. He's just mad as he could be. Yeah. And somebody says, so Wayne, what happened to the last corner? And I, and, I, and I grabbed the mic before he could get to it. I said, that happened a couple of weeks ago. Oh. I said, that all stems from a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. I mean, yeah. the friggin'. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, right, right. But, you know, I guess the funniest part of that story is we were sitting around having beers. Because most of us stayed 
in the paddock yeah like the night after the race so you didn't have to deal with the crowds you yeah, can yeah, lock yourself in and later. get away from everybody yeah, yeah. We're, and we're setting we're setting off fireworks and having a big time i go to light one whoa i was like well, damn where'd it go <laughs> boom I walk around the corner and it's blown a hole in the top of rainy's on about like that <laughs> <laughs> so the next time i got to go home i had to get a new canvas for his yeah for his <laughs> right <laughs> oh man so uh statistically you won more races than him in, in MotoGP. He won more championships. Now, um, raced a year and a half longer than he did, too. Right, 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 right. But, um, if, but the, if I'd have quit when he quit, yeah. he'd have had me by one. Yeah. Okay. Um, that's cool if you actually admit that. that yeah, that, <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. Hey, that's respectful. You've never right met Bobby Hunter. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Johnny O. <laughs> uh, but uh, uh, if I was, was going to write the movie script of, of you know, Randy versus Schwantz, it'd be like, this guy is faster but more erratic, and this guy is more patient and, and wins points. So when you proudly say that you broke later than uh than him all the time yeah. was there ever any part of you at that time was like maybe if i did break just a smidge earlier i would not crash as much yeah most of my most of my crashing didn't happen on the brakes <laughs> so no <laughs> you Christ. tried yeah. you tried <laughs> no i wasn't trying to argue i'm just curious well, you like, tried to give him an out yeah, can, can, can 20 year old kevin or 25 year old kevin Schwantz put himself in check yeah. <laughs> not a chance yeah mm-hmm. um yeah, most of it happened just trying to get back in the gas too early. Right. Yeah. Nasty, bring big I mean, old high sides and stuff. If you YouTube search Kevin Schwantz, there's like highlight Pretty after highlight after highlight of you sliding the bike off the corners, like really big drifts, wheelies all the time. How much do you hate traction control? Yeah, I mean, I think it's taken a lot away from racing. Yeah. I mean, Michelin would figure out how to make a tire that lasts. Give the guys, let them go. Yeah. Give them all 200 and they'll learn pretty quick that – I went back and rode the Suzuki 8 hour in 2013 and 2014. Oh, wow. And the first year I got to ride with Team Kagiyama, and this is the second year I got to ride a Yosh bike. Yeah. First year was on Dunlop, second year was on Bridgestones. Bridgestones, when I got there in, in, 80, in, nine, in 2013, when I got there, the rumor was the Bridgestones are going to be faster for longer. Yeah. And they may be a little bit faster qualifying. Yeah. But our stuff's not bad. It's just not. You, you won't be doing sixes or sevens on it. You're going to be doing nines, tens, or elevens. Okay, yeah. But you'll be able to do those all day long in the race. Right. So while while I'm there, um, I go out and follow my teammate around. Trying, I'd been racing a 600 all season the year before. Yeah. Felt like my racing fitness was there. What wasn't there was getting used to 195 miles, 295K up the back straightaway. Right, yeah, yeah, just how fast. I used to wear a heart rate monitor when I rode motocross and did mountain bike and all my road racing. I mean, I'd see 170, but not very long and recover from it pretty quick. Yeah. The first session, the stuff that my heart rate monitor told me just absolutely scared me to death. No way. It was like 185 up the back straightaway. Yeah. Like for doing, all I'm doing is holding this. It's not not physical. so fast. It's not physical, but. you're losing it <laughs> and uh so in some of the corners i was losing a fair bit of time i said like, kagiyama come out show me around so we go down flying lap down into the first turn round two like lead back, follow yeah yeah okay. back three four he's not losing he's not been putting any distance on me yet yeah. we get to dunlop big long left hand you yeah, go up a little bit right. it flattens out yeah and then it's a and big long over. finish yeah we get up the hill and i'm still a bike link two behind him yeah thinking where is he going to beat me this bad? Yeah, right. And from here, my bike's going... Mm, mm, so it's kind of ice oscillating it, around. It's, it's damn near the limit. Yeah, right, right. right. And Which he what goes, you know is the limit from your time. And, and he goes... Yeah. And puts yeah. 10 bikes on me down to the first Dagner. Yeah. I was like, how? Yeah. The next thing after 
this and this is hospital. Right. I mean, right. that's right. that's right. the Western next that's the next setting. You can't you can't do it. Yeah. I came in. He says you just gotta trust the you gotta right. trust that's the computer. So that's the difference in your faith in electronics versus mm-hmm. his, where he was like, I'm just gonna lean into it and it's gonna it's go. It's gonna figure it out for it's me. Gonna, it, yeah. It's gonna sort it out for me. Yeah. Well, so when we sat down with Roger Lee, as you call him, he yeah. he made Roger. it sound like half of his time in the last few years was working on wheelie control and like the guy that was programming his bike basically was yeah. was a big part of his his yeah. lap time yeah your time two cycle engines no electronics whatsoever those two strokes were i can i don't even want to imagine how much of a beast that was to ride in, in the power curve um would 25 year old version of you be able to be okay in the modern era probably so yeah. i mean I, th- I think if i got on i mean so I went back in thir- 13 and i I did an hour on the bike, and we finished third overall as a team. Oh, that's cool. But I probably didn't ever go faster than two eleven. Okay. Went back and the next. Went back. In the race nines. Okay. Yeah. That's Still, not bad. yeah, a two minute lap. Yeah. And, and I went back the next year, and I qualified in nines, and I could run nines all day long oh. on the Bridgestones. Yeah. And my teammate crashed the bike in the beginning of the race in the rain and we never got on it. it. I was like, you know what? I think that's a pretty good sign. Yeah. Because <laughs> I, did, I did like a 209 something yeah, in right. qualifying. Right. And pretty I was good. like, you know, not bad. How and old I went, are you? And about 50. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're <laughs> yeah, fine. yeah, you're doing great. Yeah. <laughs> I went back and looked and when I qualified on pole in 94, I did a 209. <laughs> <laughs> the track changed a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. that's still awesome. That's cool. Yeah. So, at what point do you and Wayne Rainey bury the hatchet and uh, stop being to each other you know i think once we each won a grand prix yeah then he says the longest six months of his life were from when i won the japanese and then went to nurburgring and won in the wet yeah. and he still hadn't won a grand prix yeah he's like oh the my guy God. that's been and through then, some and amazing then he got to win the british it got to then yeah. he, he won the british yeah um, yeah but i think at that point you know we kind of realized maybe there is enough room for both of us yeah so this is pretty early in your Grand Prix career. It, it was that was the first year eighty eight, yeah. first full season. Okay. Yeah, he'd been over and raced two fifty, so he knew a bunch of the racetracks. Right. Mm-hmm. I think he only rode one season for Kenny in two fifties, but he was. She's been racing superbikes eighty, eighty one, eighty two, eighty three. Was Kawasaki superbike champ yeah. in eighty three. Yeah. So, there was a rivalry, and obviously the the media was clever enough to make this rivalry, but it wasn't of like the pro Senna level where there was no communication whatsoever for years. No, nah, not really. I mean. Yeah. In the beginning, you couldn't get us to even acknowledge <laughs> right. each other. Right, right. The two but we got over Americans. pretty quick. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Where are you guys at now? You know, he oh. always, he calls and says, hey, "You want to come to the race?" I was like, "Yeah." Well, you know, if you got any ideas of things we could do differently, because he's he's very much the man in charge at Moto America. Yes, sir. Yeah. And uh, he says, "You got any ideas? And you want you know you want to help us out? Give us some advice." Like, well, it sounds kind of like an advisory position. Yeah, so I'd like, love I'd love to yeah. be paid. I'll send you an invoice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, but well, exposure, bud. Uh, yeah. no, well, yeah. we're, we're going to give you a pass. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. So yeah. he worked in racing. Yeah. 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 No, he sounds like every other guy we know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Anybody else trying to promote something yeah. of that sort, huh? Exactly. Yeah. Now, and I think he's doing a great job. You know, he's he's a little bit compromised, so he doesn't go to all the races and go to all the tests. Sure, sure. But, I mean, I, I think just his knowledge of racing and, you know, kind of what from a business side where it needs to be what it and where moto america is now yeah, yeah where it needs yeah what it the direction what it needs is it needs manufacturers back involved yeah right and what we don't have to get that is we don't have i mean People back in the day when when Spees and maladin were racing here yeah, yeah. and suzuki were paying their riders four or five million dollars not not each but four yeah. or five million dollars total yeah. yeah right 
Right. Then we were selling 75,000 GSXRs a year. Yeah, right. And when you got that, you can buy the factory equipment from the manufacturer from Japan. You get yeah, all the really good stuff, yeah, yeah. and we could be a dominant team. Yeah. But that's what really gets the fans to, the to be involved. Is, yeah, is yeah, yeah. all the factory entry? Yeah. 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 I mean, it's still good racing now. Yeah. But getting our kids to Europe is the other thing that having a manufacturer here in America. I mean, how did I get to Europe? Well, Steve McLaughlin and a bit of risk, but Suzuki saying, no, sure, yeah, I mean, we got you under contract for superbikes, but go ahead and go ride as long as it's a Suzuki. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, without Suzuki, like I said, I could have been stuck here forever. Right, right. Because I think manufacturer that's, marketing, manufacturer promotion. Yeah. You know, Yamaha, the same. I don't think, I mean, Wayne, Wayne went with Kenny, mm-hmm. but, I mean, there's so many other people behind us who've gotten there through that factory channel. Yeah, you know, right, yeah, right. yeah, I got to, you know, Spees. Went to Superbikes. He left and went to Yamaha to get the mm-hmm. Superbikes. And Maladin said, you make too much money in America. Why well, don't I want to go race anything else? Yeah, right. right. Yeah, right. Um, Good problem. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, without that, if not, you got to count on your parents to have the bucks to get you there. Right. Yeah. Right. Probably not. I found a, there was a YouTube interview I came across uh, when I was looking stuff up. And, and it was when the previous regime had just started to take over American Superbike. Um, you were very diplomatic. Uh, but you could see it in your eyes. You were maybe not on board with a lot of the changes that were coming. Do you feel like that is still a lingering effect today? When AMA was still running it? When <laughs> Yeah. Well, and... I, I, <laughs> That's going to get bleeped. Yeah. <laughs> how, how, I don't remember exactly how long ago that was, but I was on the AMA Pro Board yeah. for okay. five years. Okay. Pro, the Pro Racing Board. Yeah. Before so, the takeover. Yeah. Yeah. And so, we, <clears throat> you know, and we, we everybody got a text yeah. saying, oh, your, your services are no longer needed. Oh, lovely. You know, that's was, how you get was, told. You get a text? It was that yeah. sentimental. Yeah. And you're yeah. Kevin Schwantz. Yeah. And that's yeah. a while ago. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, and, and I, was on the, I was on the board with Ray Blank, from president of American Honda. Yeah. Kerry yeah. Agajanian. Yeah, right. Yeah. All kinds of all kinds of names. And you guys got text. We got text. Text break. I was in Australia for something. I forget. I was like. Oh, well, that was kind of was always kind of boring anyway. <laughs> Basically, for people who don't know motorcycle racing, like AMA as we know it would be like a four wheel equivalent of like IndyCar. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, you know the big, big American yeah. Superbike series, and it was that way for decades. Very healthy. Yeah. Matt Maladin during the at the end of the year was like the guy, um, and then it was bought out by a major racing organization <laughs> not that IndyCar. we are not at all affiliated with, <laughs> um, and a real effort came in to say no 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 we need to put effort into privateers and that's where our future is and and manufacturing that's, what club, ra- that's what club racing is right. yeah you got to have club <laughs> racing so you can have the pros so it, yeah. it was an effort at cost control and you would argue it didn't work yeah, yeah. well i mean i think the results are oh no i'm not <laughs> arguing <laughs> for them yeah. 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 yeah and silence yeah <laughs> <laughs> well said kevin so uh one Mo- of the and one more thing i'll touch on after we get o- after we get o- sure <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um one of the crazy videos of you that's super popular online is you doing wheelies in the middle of the Macau Grand Prix. I think in like '93. No, I, I went there. I went there. I went there and yeah. raced it in '88. Yeah. Okay. But I was the only 500 there, and that's why I was doing so many wheelies. Yeah. '88. Okay. So, so I told the guys that I'd love to come ride it. They said, "Well, you get a you get a week with your team in Thailand. That was even more reason I'd really like to try <laughs> it." <laughs> but I, I never really had to put my head down. Right. I did. Okay. I did a couple of laps in qualifying. Okay. Because Ron Haslam was there, he's kept. You're not going to beat my time, are you? <laughs> well, okay. So, I d- and I didn't. So. so you're 
middle of this event and you're just doing wheelies and you're sliding the bike and you're like waving at people and like taunting <laughs> other riders. <laughs> I mean, it's green flag. It's not a cool down. Yeah, like you're right, in the race right. doing this. And uh, when you get off the bike, what was the reaction like from other riders? Because I have to imagine you'd be like, listen, dude, I'm out here busting my ass. <laughs> and you're doing the guy, wheelies. The, the, the guy that finished second, um, Peter Roboto. Still, whenever I see him, like, man, I finished second behind you in Macau. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's wow. So cool. yeah. That's cool. Yeah. There wasn't too much animosity. Yet, right. not, not that I remember anywhere. Not, right. not that I paid any attention to at that time. Yeah, yeah, because you, know, you were having a good time. Racing a Grand Prix bike, you're the only guy there. I was like, well, I needed to do something entertaining. Yeah. Just ride around. Yeah. yeah. Otherwise, that video wouldn't exist. <laughs> yeah. 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 One day there's going to be this thing called YouTube. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> it's going to live forever. Right, right. Uh, You've spoken with fondness, and I'm curious what the, because I genuinely don't know, we, um, it's not as, I don't think it's the same way in, in four wheels, it might be in Formula One. Um, you just told us a story of Porsche rental cars, because after a race, you guys would all hang out, and you sp- you've spoken a lot with fondness of, like, post-race, you guys would wait Sunday night and just all hang out in the motorhomes, and you'd all leave Monday, but it was a big community, whereas, like, I get the impression MotoGP today, they they do not hang out with each mm. other. What what you, you might you might know what the, your teammates doing that'll right that'd be it just because you it. probably sit in hospitality with them and yeah. have your dinner afterwards right uh, I mean one one more really good story that kind of got all of us slapped on the hand because <laughs> it got just a little bit out of control let's say it's a lot of one up was outside there. the front of Jerez used to be Jerez de la Frontera the track yeah was outside of everything I mean there was nothing for miles until you got into town sure sure there was one little restaurant that you could just about get three Grand Prix teams in okay. Okay. Honda had won the race. It was 89. I was leading. I crashed. <laughs> Lost the front, but not on the brakes. <laughs> Sean. I got it. Right. But. It's funny because it was it was just as radial tires were coming into play. Yeah. And I, I told the, my Michelin engineer, I said, I cannot get the field from that front. I just don't. I can't go yeah. fast enough on it. Yeah. He says, you run the bias play. He goes, the last five laps. He goes, hang on. He goes, it's going to be rough. Yeah. Five to go, six second lead. I crashed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, Honda won the race. Lost, and I see him after the race. Because I'd given up freaking laps ago. I yeah. goes, I knew yeah. I wasn't catching you. Yeah, right, right. Unless you did what you did. <laughs> so he and he and all the Honda guys go, and they have the uh, there's a, a special room upstairs. Yeah, and they're up there having their celebration. Wayne and I are downstairs, and we've kind of <laughs> Wayne's had shrimp or so I don't forget what it was he just starts picking up hands and tails and throwing them at us so there's a small food fight in Sue's downstairs tiny and we're like hey guys let's let's get the Honda guys yeah let's go upstairs yeah. we're just having so, like a corporate victory yeah. thing like oh head yeah oh yeah probably okay. big cheeses up there yeah. Yeah. <laughs> somebody decides let's, let's, let's fill a little you know a bottle that you put the wine in let's fill yeah. that with red wine thing. and yeah. some ice we'll throw it up there and see what it wasn't it wasn't <laughs> it wasn't but a couple days the next week before we all – and the, the best part about it was some of the Team Roberts – I mean, Wayne, that's when Wayne rode for, for Kenny, yeah, which yeah. he did his entire career. Yeah. But Paul Butler was the team manager, and Paul was involved in yeah, it. So yeah. we're like, no, we, the team manager's doing it. It's got to be okay. Yeah, right. We can get in trouble. <laughs> Dad's here. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> we, we all got pretty big slaps on the hand for that one. Had okay. to, Throwing wine had, on. We, we, yeah. had, we had to contain our stuff. To our own residences back in the paddock. If we uh, right. Wreck your own awning. Yeah. yeah Not right. some poor restaurant in the middle of Spain. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's funny, the restaurant still <laughs> has really big part. I mean, I was there five years ago. Rossi had won. And, I mean, their guys rolled in. God, well, must have been close to 11. And yeah. I don't think I remember seeing people leave till 2. They were in that big, awesome. big old shindig. But what changed between then and now? 
in terms of like the guys just don't hang out anymore you know I, I think the series has helped cause that you mm-hmm. know I, I think you got so much going on leading up to it you got media day I mean we yeah, have right. a media day yeah media knew who we were you need to talk to me every 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 week before yeah. the race right right Anyway, so da 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 da, da and I think just you know the the team and the it's sponsors, just just, they're yeah. pulling more yeah. time from the riders. Yeah. Like I got no time to go. I mean, maybe they'd like to, sure, but I just don't think there's the opportunity. So it's just it's just sort of grown and, beyond the point you can be communicating. And I was I was I was in Germany at Saxon Ring the year that they announced Indy was going to be a Grand Prix the next year, and we all did a flight back so that we could be here for a big promo for Indy. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the the list to get on the chopper was, I mean. 15 minutes after the race finished. Yeah. I was like, why are you leaving wow. that quick? No yeah, wonder yeah, you get yeah. nothing solved. Right. You don't yeah. even talk after the race. <laughs> yeah, right, right. I mean, riders yeah. just da, 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 yeah. stacked yeah, yeah, in there yeah. trying to get back to, to Frankfurt Airport so they can get home. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. yeah, no afterwards. Hmm. How's your Japanese? I knew just enough to get me slapped. <laughs> 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 me too. Yep, okay. Yep. So, for as long as I've known who you are, because I didn't grow up really in a motorcycle household at all. We were all sports car racing. Uh, I've known about the Kevin Schwantz School. And I worked at the Panda's Racing School, which was, like, just down the street from you guys at Red Atlanta. And I know all the stories we have about students doing dumb stuff, like putting helmets on backwards or throwing up or just crashing or whatever. But I have to imagine motorcycle stories are something we probably don't even consider about dumb student things that have happened. There was a radio DJ in Atlanta yeah. that used to be a DJ in Houston, and I knew his, I'd heard his name before. I said, like, "Let's call him. We're gonna get him. I want to get him up here and get him on a bike." Yeah. Well, I didn't realize he was. He couldn't even bend his legs far enough to get him on the footpath. Oh. <laughs> we got him there. We got him in. We managed to find a set of leathers big enough. But I mean, we tried to get him on. He could, he, he couldn't. How do you explain that to him? Yeah. 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 How do you turn him down um, after you invited him? Yeah, you know, guys, we we actually implemented. Yeah, a year or two into school because mm-hmm. we had a dinner after the first night yeah. that you couldn't drink at dinner. I mean, yeah. if you wanted to go drink afterwards, you could, but, sure, but n- n- not, not, part of not, not yeah, with yeah. us we have because we, we had a guy show up and just rode straight off the end of the back straight away. You're like, oh, God. What happened? Yeah. Well, he, he goes, they said the guy, they never even looked like he touched the brakes or attempted to slow down. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and just into the gravel and tumble and fall. The medics get to him and like, wow, <laughs> bro, we breathalyzed you. You right. still wouldn't pass. Wow. Nice. Um, yeah, just doing yeah, a just scary a thing ever. motorcycle. Yeah. Maybe the, the best one of all was I was, uh, I was on a, I was the only one that had a GSX-R1000 okay. at school. All the instructors rode 750s. Most of the students rode 600s or SV650s. Yeah. And I was kind of out running around checking on groups and came down the hill onto the front straightaway and drove it off into the first turn. And on a super bike, you get to about to the end of the wall. Yeah. And that, I yeah. mean, that's deep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the black mark on my, off my front tar- front brakes. There it is. <laughs> there you go, Sean. <laughs> you did listen this. to me. I, I, I must have <laughs> drove it in five bike lengths too deep. <laughs> just on a random and, Tuesday or something. Yeah, and I'm like, this is fr-, – and I just did. <laughs> did you just I, forget where the marker was? And, I, and I, so I laid the Everybody thing down. Everybody has a bad day. And, it, yeah. and, and as, I, as I kind of got away from the bike, it turned me like this and went up over the curb yeah. and yeah. landed it. My last look – the bike looked like it was going to go through the Chevy bow tie. Yeah, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. like over that fence or over that billboard. And, and 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 Marnie always used to have a radio on. Yeah. <clears throat> and they said somebody's down in turn one. She, oh my, who is it? Anyway, <laughs> she's mad. The, the, she's the, not guy, the, the guy who's the, the guy who's instructing in the classroom. Yeah. Stops classroom. 
Yeah. After he hears, Marty's like, somebody's crashed. Yeah. So he stops after a few minutes. About that time, I come walking in the classroom. Yeah. All yeah. dusty and dirty. And he's yeah. like, right. torn up. Was it you? Yeah. <laughs> <And I'm> like, <laughs> <laughs> but then I had to call the boss of American Suzuki and say, Mel, you know, I, I, I know you're the one that wanted me to have this school. It's all, <laughs> your, all your great idea, but I, just, I just destroyed a motorcycle for you. Yeah. Right. He's yeah. like, Kev, he goes, how long have you had this school? I said, oh, five or six years. He goes, and that's the first one you crashed? <laughs> oh, that's what boss we won. <laughs> yeah. Once again, one of those very instrumental in my career was Mel Harris. So I would say the, the average clientele for sports, for the Pano school, which is like a road racing sports car school, is like, you know, middle-aged guys that are pretty successful and they have like maybe a track day car or something they want to go try out. And then they say, oh, there's a school I can do that. But a motorcycle school, like, that seems like a young man's type of, you know, interest, if I had to gauge what your overall clientele well, what, would be like. What we tried to do was, and you're teaching on a racetrack, so you have a real hard time pushing this, but yeah. I, I just want to teach you how to be a better, safer rider. Sure, sure. And I can teach you that without any interruption on this track. I can't do it on the street. Yeah, right, right. Um, you know, another good story that comes, comes to be is a, a guy and his brother, uh, 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 two guys had come for two or three schools consecutively. And then he left after the, the last one said, hey, I'm, I'm going to bring my brother next time. We're like, oh, great. Really look forward to meeting him. Yeah. And the brother shows up and, you know, you're t- talking in the classroom and the brother's just kind of you know, not paying any attention. Well, then I go out and ride with him. He comes in and he says, I need, need, need the suspension adjusted on my bike. I was like, oh, really? I said, come on, let's go back out. So we go back out. And I try and tell him what he's doing, that he's not, you know, he's not looking far enough ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he's, he's trying to do all the inputs last minute. Yeah. I said, you got, you, you got to plan ahead. you got to get your body into position early. The little counter string, get help. To the yeah. He says, you know, he goes, I, I'm just not that good in the corners, but I'm okay in a straight line. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, that, that was a quote that stuck with yeah, us. Yeah, <laughs> we, yeah, as instructors, yeah. we threw that one yeah, at each other absolutely. for a while. Yeah. Same with you, isn't it? You're pretty good in a straight line. Yeah, yeah. You're good between <laughs> the corners. Yeah, exactly. That's awesome. Yeah. What is the, uh, so in, in Ryan's kind of instructing, it's very common to put the, put the, the customer in the passenger seat to yeah. show them the line. What is the equivalent on a bike? We had a bike. You could, we put a person on the back. You know, so you, you would do two if, people. If like, you just, I mean, if you had somebody that couldn't even convince themselves to lean the bike over. Yeah. Right. You could put them on the back of a bike and on a GSX-R1000. Right. I could take them around. How do you do that sh- as an instructor? Because like you're, you're placing the bike based on the weight, and if you can't trust what the weight behind you is doing. Well, and, you know, the thing is you just got to tell them, you just hold on to me. When I move or when I lean, you lean with me. Yeah. Oh, really? And it when works. I lean this way, you don't lean this way. Right, right. Thought it could hurt us both. So. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, but you, you know, and, and it was in very select situations that we did that. You yeah. know, there were just some students like, I want to go on a two-up. Yeah, right. Okay. Sure. And you put them on the back, and most of them come in absolutely scared. Oh, dude, sponge. I would never yeah. do that. <laughs> You know, when we, when we, when I, I helped with the design at Coda mm-hmm. and I wasn't allowed at the Grand Prix the first year. So there were free, what? free Wait. Kevin t-shirts because I was in a lawsuit with him. Oh, so that was that quickly into it. Okay. Yeah. And so the second year we decided, you know, now Kevin's involved. Yeah. Let's go out and let's take all the, all the people that work at the track. Let's, we, big rack of leathers that we have at school. We got yeah. tons of bikes. Yeah. Let's go out and I can take people for rides. We have other instructors come down and help us out. I, I got Bobby on the back with me, Bobby Epstein. Okay, the, the, yeah, yeah. The guy who runs the track. Yeah. And uh, he, he, as we're leaving pit lane, he's like, okay, so remember now, we, we're, we've settled all our differences, hadn't we? <laughs> <laughs> as, as he's, as he's kind of hugged up behind me, whistling my 
Yeah, you're like, like, yeah. absolutely, Bob, Bobby. I do nothing to hurt you because it's probably going to hurt me just as bad. <laughs> <laughs> but you go 11 tenths on that ride. You know, I think, I think I told him I saw 160 miles an hour down the back straight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which That's you know, a GS6 or a thousand with just just one on it'll go. To 186, which it's limited to, yeah, pretty right. quick. Yeah, Jesus. That's but funny. having somebody stuck that far up, oh, yeah, a, yeah. up in the wind behind you, yeah, it's a pretty big air brake. Yeah, plus the weight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you know that you're in Grand Theft Auto Five? There's a tribute to you. Do you not know about this? Mm-mm. Yeah. So you can get different motorcycles in the game, and one of the codes or whatever is one of your liveries from back in the 80s. Huh. And you didn't know that. Mm-mm. We did that. Well, let's get you some royalties. Have to, yeah. have, yeah. to t- have to tell Marty we'll work on some royalties. Yeah. There we go. Yeah, they use all fake sponsors, but it's definitely a Kevin it's the Schwann's tribute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hmm. Even though you've, you're relatively out of the sport, it, it sounds like you still do watch all kinds of racing when you Absolutely. get a chance. Like, do you watch sports car racing mm-hmm. at all? Mm-hmm. Uh, if you could name, like, one driver that you would not want to be around when you watch something like Ims, who would it be? Dane Cameron, no doubt. Really? Huh. Suck it, Cameron. So motorcycle <clears throat> motorcycle racers put their lives on the line like every lap, it seems like, and the injuries sustained are just through the roof, incredibly hard on the body. Mm. You walked in here pretty normal looking, but we hung out with Roger Lee like two years ago? 18. Yeah, and him walking from the table to the buffet, you know, he's hunched over it's like taking him a minute to get there and he claims that he's in great shape and had a pretty safe career yeah he's like i'm feeling fine yeah like, and they're <clears throat> like watching him walk he's like oh man that's fine Ugh. I, i'm i feel like i'm pretty lucky i did dislocate a hip twice that's it and then hands okay yeah yeah, yeah. um i have wristed this sure. one's had half the bones taken out of it. On purpose? Or? Yeah. And then this one, they hadn't taken half the bones out, but it works just a little bit better than yeah. that one. Now, when you say that bones have been taken out, is it because of, like... Yeah, I dislocated it in, yeah. in 94, uh-huh. and when I got to the doctor at the end of the season, he said, I can fix it for you. Fix it right. It's 18 months. Yeah. He goes, if you want to you race again in March, you can yeah. quick fix. He goes, it'll end up fusing itself. And uh-huh. I said... Or he said, or I can fuse it. I said, well, I'll just take 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 it for granted. You say it's going to fuse itself, yeah, and I'll yeah. fight it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm better than this. Yeah. yeah. Um, when you see that, like, riders are doing, like, the forearm pump surgery and stuff like that, you never had to do anything like that. It's just because the physical, you know, nature of the sport now is worse than it was before. You know, I, 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 I used to could make my hands, my, my arms pump up, but yeah. it's just because you're holding on too tight. Yeah, and right. typically, if you're holding on too tight, you've got something underneath you that's not working that well. Oh, yeah, so you sure. need to work on getting it handling better. Yeah. This, this tenseness is not going to make it any better. Right. I'll tell you a really good story at Daytona. So we got these new GS6Rs. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, they're, they're great. You guys are going to love them. Yeah. I get on mine and mine freaking all the way around the bank, the chicane, they're all the way around the bank. Just all Fuck, over the place. She's shaking and it won't stop. Yeah. I'm like, well... I've, I've just got to help make this thing. Uh, this chassis just not rigid. I got to freaking yeah. lock my elbows in front of my knees, and I just tried to get do that more and more and more. Right. And it did nothing but got worse. And one of the engineers at Suzuki said, "Ah, oh, Kevin, son, we think think maybe you need to loosen up on motorcycle. Two tents." <laughs> I said, "Rather than think at 170 miles an hour shaking." It. Show me. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> Missouri, huh? Show me. Yeah. Um, and and I forget what I, I forget what I did. I, I came out, went to take a tear off off coming out of the chicane, and the thing felt really planted. And I was like, wow. 
And so I just left the hand off the handlebar. Yeah. And it was like wide open throttle all over and just straight as an arrow. Yeah. Never, you never even wiggled it. I mean, the, what was causing the issue was the person on top of it. Yeah. You know, and you, you, you hold on too tight. Absolutely, forearm pump's going to one of those yeah. things that yeah. your fingers are going to start going numb. numb right, yeah, yeah. You watch, there's the, the British in 94, which is the last Grand Prix I ever won. Um, there's some footage of that out there, and you'll see me come off of the next to the last corner. Melbourne Loop at, at, uh, at Donington, down and up, and then in whatever that last corner is. Um, and, but coming out, and the thing's wheeling. Yeah. And I'm shaking my left hand. The funny part of the story is you, they don't get it on camera, but you go through that corner down the front straightaway. Yeah. I run the throttle with the left and shake the right because they were both. Really? This one was dislocated all season long, so I had a cast on it. Sure. And then it had a crash qualifying that year yeah. and bang this one up even worse. So I was one straightaway, giving the left a shake. The next straightaway, thr throttle, shifting gears. Yeah, right. Yeah. Giving the right a shake for two or three or four seconds. And that kept every, you know kept it from going completely numb, which... I mean, yeah, it's, I heard Jack Miller say, he goes, it was just, it was, or Quattro said, it's the scariest feeling I ever had. He goes, I couldn't even feel the handlebars anymore. Right, right. And yeah. that's what it gets to eventually. Jesus. So when you hear, like, sports car drivers complaining about their cool suits, mm. it sounds like you're Pretty, pretty unsympathetic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, because when I drove some of the NASCAR stuff, like, you, you need a cooler? I was like, for what? What's it's only for? ever going to be 170 in here, isn't it? <laughs> only. Jesus yeah, Christ. right. Right. <laughs> Like if you got a call today to try an IMSA race or go back and try a Grand Prix bike again. But, you know, I got to test a, a prototype back in the day, huh. Garage Porsche. No way. Oh, that's wow. cool. At, at that's Le Mans. Cool. Yeah. I got okay. to go test it in December. So it was ball shrinking cold. Yeah, right. And we just ran the Bugatti course, which yeah. I'd race on my bike. Right. And I went 31s in it. Okay. Which is <laughs> which is, Which is faster. Well, it was exactly the same time I'd done on my Grand Prix bike. <laughs> yeah. And the, the first thing I did was out you know and what i forget how much horsepower that thing might have had come out of that last sequence of corners and tracks damp and it's yeah, cold and yeah. that i know and it just goes into the power and i just yeah, just loop it. yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> never touched anything right knocked it back to first and kept going i did a couple laps and they were back come in i was like yeah. what i didn't hit anything it's yeah, okay right, right. yeah yeah who was at that test i, I think they had, it was something that lucky strike had organized okay mm -hmm. yeah and so they were like, no, we want to get you in this car. Da, 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 da. And the garage was right close by. Yeah, I think. Right it wasn't a property at the time, I think. Yeah. Well, Kenny Roberts, when he, he tried some, some rotor stuff, seven, he complained that coming from motorcycles, like, and you, even in your stories when you're racing Wayne, every lap, every corner, you can make small adjustments to your line to race somebody. Whereas in, say, sports car, it's kind of only so much you can really do to adjust your line when you're racing. It sounds like uh, for a lot of guys, when they try to convert, it's just not fun in that sense because you don't have those little intricacies that you can have in a cycle. And you can't do anything in a car, well, in the cars that I've driven. I don't feel like you can get forward on the motorcycle or back on the right, bike or right. outside on the bike or inside on the bike There's to help change from a handling standpoint. It's like, I got a bag of shit that I got to no, drive until the next car <laughs> yeah, yeah. the next pit stop. Right, right. I can see why you didn't like Xfinity. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. But it was funny. They told me um, at Charlotte the first year I tried to qualify a Bush Grand National car. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some of the guys there uh, said, you know, one and two's flat out. Like, well, okay, I didn't even been freaking close to flat out through there, but no, taped up and sticker tires, yeah. it's flat out. Yeah. Three and four, you just got to lift for the bump. Yeah. Okay. I drive it off into one. I'm thinking, he said flat. I guess that means yeah. buried, pedal yeah. through the wall flat. Yeah. <laughs> and I went around and halfway through two, 
it starts filling up with smoke. And I'm thinking, Uh-oh. is that a good sign or a bad sign? Yeah, you're right, right. So down the back straight, I wonder if there's any oil on the tire. So I give it a freaking, yeah, yeah. Huh? It feels, feels like it's pretty planted. Drove it off into three. And I mean, just it's it's that yeah, for the bump. Yeah. Let it get over the bump yeah, and just buried down. back again. Yeah. And I think 50 cars had gone at the time. I was third. <laughs> nice. And I came in. They said, did you flat foot that through one and two? I said, you just told me it was flat. <laughs> well, I just meant flat. I didn't mean flat. <laughs> I'm like, you car guy. You said. You, I, you said. You said flat. Yeah. <laughs> one of the things that was surprising about Roger Lee was he was saying that the only bike he has in his garage at home was a bike that, like, you know, whoever he was riding for at the time gave him. And he's like, yeah, I don't think I put, like, any miles on it because he doesn't care about riding on the street. What about you? Like, any motorcycles at home? Yeah, I've got a ton of them, but most of them sit on battery tenders and end up the fuel goes bad in the carburetors. Yeah, yeah. So, but you don't ride on the street that much. And, you know, I've got a few. I got a Suzuki V-Strom adventure bike that, you know, if Tara and I just said we want to go to the hill country and yeah. have lunch or something and just go ride. That's what we ride. Yeah. Um, dirt bikes. I still have some trials bikes sure. and some motocross bikes that I play around on. Yeah. We went and did the Nevada 200 a couple of weeks ago, oh, cool. me and a handful of my buddies from here in Austin. Yeah. Um, what about bikes from like your history? Do you have any like championship bikes? I got my championship bike from '93. Oh, that's cool. That is a running, brand new carbon rotors, brand new fresh set of Michelin slicks on it. Ready? Yeah. I mean, red, ready to go Grand Prix. Yeah, yeah. Um, most of the guys that got them have shells of engines. Sure. You know, just looks like yeah. looks like the bike. It's like piece. Yeah, yeah. My, I got mine without a without a chip in it that had any power to it but my engineer from that year said i've got i got a chip in <laughs> yeah, the whole yeah. let me so know I've, yeah. I've, I've got a full power chip in mine and then i've got a, a 94 version of it too mm-hmm. uh, i didn't win the championship on, on it in 94 but then i have a couple production rg 500s trophies and memorabilia is it around the house is there an i love me room before i moved out of that big house i have in austin um i had british Japanese and Dutch TT trophies. Okay. Otherwise, all the rest of them are in boxes sitting on the shelf. Yeah. Interesting. I can see that. Upstairs was the master bedroom, overlooked the living room, and it had a big glass panel in front of it. Yeah. And my Grand Prix bike in a 1956 Uh, Manx Norton. Yeah, nose that's, to that's nose. Classy, that's though. pretty cool. Yeah. yeah, that's like awesome yeah. looking. Yeah. That's not like just like wall-to-wall posters yeah. of yourself. Right, right. Like some people. Well, well, a journalist called once and said, hey, he goes, you know, after being it, I had a bunch of guys over for a party. He says, after seeing that, he says, do you ever wake up in the morning and think, imagine that thing's crashing itself and then you're back, you're back in the race again? I'm like, <laughs> no, that, that, didn't okay? that didn't happen yet. I'm yeah. like, I'll move it if, it, if yeah, that ever does. Like, what? <laughs> no. The ghost of Assen's past. That's mm. right. Uh, we'll wrap it up here, but um, so you're actually kind of the first real guest of our of this year. Mm-hmm. Um, so we don't have one to ask you, but uh, we like to do a, a pass along question from guest to guest. The problem is we don't know who our next guest is going to be. Whoever, whoever it is, what was your best race ever? Easy enough. And if you if you want to know what mine was, yes, I do. Suzuka '91. We the only season that we ever well the only season. We didn't get to run Michelin's. Michelin said we're only going to support the factory Honda team. We'd, we'd run Michelin's the whole time since then. I mean, up to that point. So it felt kind of like a little kick in the in the yeah yeah right there. So I um, testing everywhere we went. I could go fast for a lap or two, but I could not get the Dunlop to have any life. And if if I had it working like I really wanted it to, stood on its nose, the tires are gone in less than five laps. So we were really struggling to come up with a setup. We get to Japan, first Grand Prix of the year. 
and qualified decent, third or fourth. And in the race, first half of the race, I got a good start. I led, worked my way from the front to the back, the length of the front straightaway at Suzuka behind, which I think is about five seconds. And I'm thinking, oh, holy shit, this is, this, is, this is just horrible. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? And what I had was I, I just couldn't couldn't get the bike to turn. And as the fuel load got lighter, yeah. it got better. Okay. And so I started, and, and about the same time mine got better, everybody at the front's got worse. We merged in the middle, about five to go. Yeah. I worked my way through the front, and I win the thing. I think I had to pass somebody into the chicane sure. the last lap, but sure. it, it was a more comfortable win than typically. Yeah, right. And, uh, you know, there was there was Gardner, there was Lawson, there was there was a handful of wildcard Japanese riders. It was rainy. There was I mean, mm -hmm. everybody was there yeah. doing yeah. Gardner. Every, I mean, yeah. everybody. It wasn't just a Wayne and I race. Sure, it wasn't sure. just a me and one other guy against each yeah, other. Yeah, yeah. It was the whole friggin' yeah. entourage yeah. was there. Yeah. And, uh, you know, from, from where we'd been in testing and probably where my mental perception was on what this race was probably going to go like yeah. uh, at the end of the day to be at the front was pretty good, sweet. Good bike, probably set up a little bit more biased toward the end of the race than the beginning of the race. And mm -hmm. if I had just realized that and stayed patient. Sure. I mean, I, I think I did because I didn't jump off of it trying. <laughs> <laughs> didn't find a place to crash it. No. I'm like, this is so much <laughs> fun. <laughs> <laughs> Well, so I'd say our uh, our fan base probably isn't the typical fan base that would listen to a Kevin Schwantz interview because they're not necessarily motorcycle folks right. uh, at large. For somebody who didn't necessarily know your story, what would you want them to take away from from a sit down like this? You know, it's I think you know I hear kids say you know I've I've, I've wanted this since since I was three or four years old. You know, at three or four years old, you don't, you don't really know what you want. At least I didn't. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, right. and like you guys saw, I tried every type of motorcycle, and there was. Yeah. Road racing was the last thing I tried, and that's I finally found what it was that I that I liked and enjoyed, and I was I was good at. Yeah. Um, you know, just keep keep assisting the kids to go do what they want to do and mm -hmm. make sure they're having fun doing it right you know i never had a dad that was like come on we're going to the racetrack yeah well come on we're going to the racetrack he's my dad was like you want to go ride trials this week you want to go race you want to go to the woods right. and ride right, right. Hell, whenever, whenever you want to whenever you want to go whatever you want to do yeah yeah your uncle's a negative enough influence on you <laughs> <laughs> take that daryl yeah <laughs> uncle d uncle d getting burned here pal <laughs> awesome well with that i'd say continental's got the check And that was the sounds of Kevin Schwantz. Want to send a special shout out to Todd Murray, who suggested him on the website. Thank you very much. Hopefully it was what you enjoyed. This is Texas by Loveland. Baby, drive down to meet in our city. Baby, drive down tonight. Just miss those pretty, pretty little bright eyes Cause lover, we can't stop tomorrow But we can give everything today So baby, drive down to be mine Baby, drive down tonight Cause all that we is over and done And darling, your love is already won Say what is to come, but run to my arms.
whirlwind whipping and taxes on your mind Cause lover we can't stop tomorrow But we can give everything today So baby drive down, don't be mine Just come home tonight Cause all that It's over and done. 